nice enough to join us on the line to talk all matters Philly Spring Training Baseball, formerly of WIP, not all that long ago. Uh, for now, Radio.com Sports, Phillies Nation, Tim Kelly joins us. What's up, Tim? What's going on, John? It's good to talk to you. It's good to have baseball back. Things are finally trending in a positive direction. Finally is right. So uh, but l- let's get some of the uh, – let's start with this. We need to do like kind of an injury report for those who are trying to bone up on the Phillies right now. We know that JT Romuto is dealing with that thumb. Um, you know, I, we suppose he's going to be ready for opening day. Uh, Bryce Harper and his back, what's, what's your level of concern there? Is that just kind of a small, minor thing, or could it turn into something larger? Well, I wrote about this when Bryce Harper was a free agent, and uh, I think Matt Gelb wrote about it the other day. The Phillies had concerns about how he would age long-term because his swing is so violent that it worries you what he's going to be when he's 34, 35, and still has four or five years left on that contract. So you worry about it from a long-term perspective. I think he should be good to go this season, though. You should not be. If you're at that point, in year three of 13 where you really think it's a problem, then you're in big trouble. But uh, my guess is Bryce Harper is going to come back healthy this year and have a really good year. He's 28. There's no reason this shouldn't be his best season out of the 13 years on that contract. Now, uh, we're going to get into the potential, uh, the reported rumor of a pitcher who's available who the Phillies might have interest in, as well as uh, who might start, who's going to start Sunday and just the rotation in general. But uh, uh, before we get to that, uh, Tim, how do you f- feel about this team versus last year? Are they better right now? Yeah, I do think they're better right now. I mean, I think offensively, they were a playoff-caliber team last year, so you bring back pretty much the same group. And I, I do think you have guys like Scott Kingery that are only going to be better. So you, you bring that back, and then uh, the starting rotation, I think, is better. You have more depth. You have two guys at the top of the rotation you're pretty sure about. The Phillies are very high on Zach Eflin as well. So, again, it comes down to the bullpen, and seemingly they have more proven options in there than they did last season. There's nowhere to go but up, and if this, this does not have to be a great bullpen, but if it's a good bullpen paired with that rotation and with the lineup, you should be a team mm. on the doorstep of the playoffs. Mm. Now that's wonderful to hear. Well, let me get to the, the rumor. I believe it was John Heyman who had it first, but I could be wrong. Uh, about uh, Jake Odorizzi. Uh, I mean, are you interested? Yeah, I'd be interested. I I seriously don't necessarily know if the Phillies need another starter, but could you always use another starter that could be a middle-of-the-rotation guy? Sure. I mean, there's no reason why you can't. They did sign Chase Anderson and Matt Moore to major league guaranteed contracts. Vince Velasquez is here in some form. Spencer Howard is... Uh, someone you expect to have an impact in some capacity this year. So you've given yourself four options for two spots. I think you're pretty good there. But certainly, especially with pitchers going from pitching in a 60-game season to 162, all the more the better. The one thing I'd say about Odorizzi is I I worry about if you sign him now and you're pressed against, if not over the luxury tax, Mm. does that mean you're limited come July 31st? Right. Well, um, speaking of the pitching staff in general, uh, was it Ivan Nova who's going on Sunday? Um, but more importantly, Spencer Howard, I know he spoke, uh, it was either today or yesterday. Um, do you have the Phillies addressed at all or Joe Girardi about what the plan is for him when the season starts, whether he's going to be with the big league club or not? 
Yeah, I asked Steve Dombrowski that the other week, and they kind of said they hadn't finalized the plan yet. And since they've been there, Joe Girardi said he's competing for one of those two spots in the rotation. Spencer Howard said today he thinks he can start and finish the season in the starting rotation. My gut feeling, though, is that's not going to be how it goes. I think he's going to have to start the season either at AAA or extended spring training or the satellite squad, something. He threw 24 innings last year. If you ask him even to just throw 120, 130, he's pushing throwing more innings in 2021 than he did in the last two seasons combined. And he's someone that's had shoulder injuries in the past two Mm. seasons. So the long-term picture with Spencer Howard is the most important thing. And I think in 2021, your best strategy is making sure he's available in August, September, and potentially October. Tim Kelly, uh, Radio.com Sports and Phillies Nation, nice enough to join us. So uh, the rotation in general, when you're going from 60 games to 162, whether you're a veteran or you know a rookie, I, I suppose, I mean, that is quite the adjustment. Is there even talk of a six-man rotation? From the sounds of it, I, I think what you're more likely to see, because Aaron Nola, Zach Eflin, Zach Wheeler, they've all said, I want to pitch on every fifth day. You do have the bodies to potentially do that, but what's probably more likely is you get to a point in the season where you skip a guy's turn in the rotation and have a spot starter, that type of deal. You're going to have to preserve some of these guys, specifically younger guys that haven't ever been built up to pitching 150 to 200 innings, but I don't think it's going to be with a six-man rotation. But I would say, I mean, if there was ever a year, I normally think that idea is kind of silly, but if there was ever a year to kind of have six, this would be it. Yeah. So uh, the uh, let's go to some of the positional battles. Most importantly, center field, which I you know have three or four candidates. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm asking you to look ahead, but uh, how do you envision that shaking out? I think opening day, Scott Kingery will be the starter in center field, and frankly, I think he might end up being better at center field than he was at second base anyway. But the the reality is, we've done a lot of projecting of what Scott Kingery can be, and we've seen flashes. But he's had two years out of three in his major league career for whatever reasons where he was not a good player. So this kind of is a prove it year for Scott Kingery in center field. You have Roman Quinn, you have Adam Hazley, you have Odubo Herrera as a potential option. So I think the Phillies can probably piece this position together because the rest of the lineup around them is really strong. Yeah. Um, how's Andrew McCutcheon? Uh, you know, what do we what do we know about him thus far? Only because he's a year older and – he was a great player at one point in time and had a great start to his Phillies uh, you know, tenure. But, uh, you know, injuries and then age play a factor. Is there a level of concern with about him in left field? Yeah, I think there has to be. I mean, he, he fell off a cliff defensively last year. There were times where it looked like when he reached back to run, he didn't know necessarily that his leg was going to be under him, his knee that he tore was going to be under him. Now, I know he spoke to the – the media that's in clear water today and all sounds good. And obviously you are better two years removed than one year removed from the surgery, but he's also 34 years old. So that's something to factor in. I, I do think he is someone that is still going to provide something for you offensively, but is he going to play 145 to 162 games? I don't think so, which makes it important that Adam Hazley and Brad Miller and different guys are able to step up and you're able to kind of 
load manage Andrew McCutcheon through this season. Right. Um, with the roster changes overall, and you know when the season ended last year, we were, I mean, it was just utter depression at what the future of the franchise was going to be, both managerially, the front office, and then what would change roster-wise. And I know we credit a lot of it to Dave Dombrowski, but which, should we also be crediting Bryce Harper with some of this too? Because he is a very vocal player. It certainly, I don't think it hurt. I do think in the end the Phillies were going to make what decisions they were going to make. But knowing Bryce Harper is probably going to outlast every person in this organization except John Middleton, <laughs> you don't want to get in a situation where near three of a 13-year deal, he's mad at how things are going. So, yeah, certainly I don't think it hurt the situation. Um, Tim, is the NL East the toughest division in Major League Baseball? Yeah, I would say probably because – the team that was the worst in the division last year was the Nationals, who won the World Series two years ago. The Mets were actually tied with them, and the Mets have had a tremendous offseason and on paper looked like they should be a 95-win team. The Marlins not only were in the playoffs, they won a playoff series last year, and maybe they'll take a step back, but they have a bounty of young pitching. So from a long-term perspective, they're going nowhere, and the Braves were a game away from going to the World Series last year. And then you factor in the Phillies. I, I think it's probably the deepest division in baseball. Mm. Well, if that's the case, and you know you spoke so positively uh, about just your feelings about the Phillies this upcoming season, are, are they going to struggle just to finish third in the division like this? It's entirely possible. I, I think the Nationals are a little too top heavy, and some of the guys they're top heavy on, Max Scherzer is getting older. Steven Strasburg has struggled to stay healthy. So I think the Phillies are probably a better team than the Nationals, but Juan Soto and Trey Turner is a pretty incredible one, too. They're a better team than the Marlins. After that, though, on paper, I mean, there's no question the Braves are a better team. And the Mets should be a better team. It's just a matter of you feel like you say that a lot and then it doesn't come to fruition with the Mets. Mm -hmm. The, The Phillies should finish second or third in this division, but... They probably should have the last few seasons, and that ultimately has not been what's happened. Now, uh, it's there's so many. There's 162 games still to be played, plus the spring training, great for league games. You know, there's there's injuries, there's all kinds of things that can be thrown in there along the way. Um, this, I'm trying to look at you know on the in the moment the different rosters in this division. Do the Phillies have the most? I guess um, you know the largest veteran group I suppose I I guess is the question I want to ask because I'm thinking of you know last season was only 60 games and although Atlanta is very good they're also very young and in many positions to where a grizzled group knows how to manage 162 games better yeah I, I do think that there's something to that they have the largest group of veterans but it's not a group that's won together the Braves have a group that's won three straight divisions together the Nationals have some pieces remaining of a group that has won a World Series together. Juan Soto looks like the closest thing to Barry Bonds since we've seen, <laughs> or we've seen since then. So, I mean, I think once you've been in the league two or three years and you have that extensive playoff experience, to me, you're a veteran. So the, the Phillies do have that, but even some of the guys that we're talking about, basically like Reese Hoskins has less playoff experience than Juan Soto, even though he's been in the league longer. Right. JT Real Muto, same thing. So final question I have for you, Tim. It's always fun yet nerve-wracking to project wins. Are you thinking the Phillies will have uh, more than 85 or less? 
I'm thinking they have more than 85, but going back to the five playoff teams, which I like much better than the eight, they uh, I think they can win 87 or 88 games, but there's no guarantee that wins you one of the two wild card spots. So I really do think they're a bubble team this year that is kind of going to be on the fringe. I don't think the, the National League East to me, you got to win 95 plus games probably, wow. but the one of the two wild card spots, if you can get close to 90. You're, you're seriously in that discussion. I lied. I do have one more question. I know it took, the, you know, it was a very last minute right before last season started when they decided, okay, let's do expanded playoffs. Is there a possibility, even if it's small, that that could happen this season? I don't think so. And, I, I mean, I, I think eventually we're going to get expanded playoffs. It might not be eight teams. It'll probably be seven. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I would like to see the DH back, so those two things may end up going hand-in-hand. Hand. But uh, my guess is no in that they added into the new CBA this off season, mm. next offseason. Oh, what a bummer. Uh, executive, uh, excuse me, editorial director for Phillies Nation, uh, writer for Radio.com Sports. For links to all his stories, the latest Phillies news, you should follow him on Twitter, at Tim Kelly Sports. Tim, thanks, man. Awesome. Good to talk to you, John. You too, Tim. Tim Kelly, nice enough to join us.